Hello and welcome to The Adventures of Paul Temple from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Intervenes, a new serial play by Francis Durbridge, produced by Martin C. Webster. Eighth and final episode, introducing the Marquis. Temple, the celebrated novelist and private detective, is investigating a series of murders committed by a notorious criminal known as the Marquis. The Marquis has an appointment at the October Hotel, but shortly after Paul Temple and Sir Graham Forbes arrive on the scene, a fire breaks out in the hotel and Temple immediately... Take Ross back to the car, You needn't worry, Sir Graham. I shan't run away. Shall I, Temple? Hello, Bradley. Temple, Temple, what is it? I what thought you it? said Mrs. Temple was at the theatre. Well, of course she's at the theatre. Why, Bradley, Bradley, what is it? She's in the hotel. She went in ten minutes ago. What? Why? Oh. Let's get round the other side. My wife's in that building. Oh, be damn silly, man. You can't get through here. Get that jet over. No, no, no. Further over to the right. Didn't you hear what I said? You can't get through here. Temple. There's Steve. She's over on the left. Look. Where? Where? Oh, thank God for that. Steve. 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 She spotted us. She... Hello, darling. Steve, you little death. Paul, you, you look ill. You, oh. you look as white as a sheep. And why, Timothy, I feel as white as a sheep. Dashing into burning buildings to rescue damsels in distress at my time of life. Well, you, you didn't dash into the building. Well, I was going to. Well, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure myself, as a matter of fact. Hand clear, please. Now, get that hose across here. I'm sorry to be such a nuisance, sir. Would you mind getting out of the ruddy way? Out! Go ahead. One of our cars over here. Follow me. Now, Steve, what's the big idea? I told you to go to the theatre. I bought you a ticket to go to the theatre. Yes, I know, but I wanted to satisfy my curiosity. Your curiosity? Uh, about the Marquis? Yes, I, I told you he wouldn't turn up. I waited almost a quarter of an hour in that lounge. But the Marquis did turn up, Steve. He did turn up? What do you mean? Temple. Do you know who the Marquis really is? Yes, Sir Graham. And I'll introduce you to him. When? Tomorrow night.
Sir Felix Raybon. Oh, this is Paul Temple speaking. I'm giving a little party this evening. Just a, a cocktail party. And I was wondering if you'd care to come along, Sir Felix. Hmm? <laughs> yes, I know it is. <laughs> You've got to try everything once. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, all right. Six o'clock? Oh, and bring Mrs. Clarence, if you'd like to. Well, why not? <laughs> yes, all right. <laughs> right, you are. Goodbye. Did you? Uh, hello, Story. How are you? Oh, hello. Yeah, I, I'm all right. <laughs> I think, what's the idea of this party, Temple? Uh, do you know Sir Felix Raybon? Roger Story? How do you do? Oh, how do you do, sir? Hello, Mrs. Clarence. You don't look very happy with that dry martini, you know. Can I get you a, a gin and lime? <laughs> yes, I, I think I would like a gin and lime, Mr. Oh, Temple. splendid. A gin and lime, darling, for Mrs. Clarence. Good evening, Mr. Temple. Hello, Ross. Why, how nice of you to come. What are you, what are you drinking? I have a whiskey, Jody, thank you. You got my telegram, then? Yes, I got your telegram, Mr. Ah, Temple. It was very nice to have you with us, Ross. <laughs> good evening, Ross. Oh, good evening, Mr. Graham. Ah, Sir Graham, do you know I've been waiting for you? What would you like to drink? Steve's getting me a whiskey and soda. Oh, then. that's splendid. Over here, darling. Whiskey and soda for Sir Graham. Oh, I was forgetting. I'm so sorry. Sir Graham, you know Sir Felix Raybon? Sir Felix? Sir Graham Forbes? Inspector Ross. How do you do? How do you do? Here's your drink, Sir Graham. Ah, thank you, Steve. Oh, darling, darling, I'm sure Mrs. Clarence would like another gin and lime. Oh, no, no. <laughs> really, Mr. Temple. Yes. Hello, Price. What is it? Uh, Superintendent Bradley is here, sir. Oh, good, good. Come in, Bradley. Come in. Uh, good evening, sir. Good evening. I'm sorry I'm late. Oh, hello, Superintendent. Oh, hello, Mr. Story. What would you like to drink, Bradley? Well, I... I think I'd like a glass of beer, sir. Oh, well, that's grand. Now, a glass of beer, Price. Oh, yes, sir. Oh, and Price, is the drawing room... The drawing room is quite ready now, madam. Oh, thank you, Price. Oh, good. Now, listen. Listen, everybody. There's a very pleasant fire in the drawing room and a number of very comfortable chairs. I want you all, if you will, go in there and make yourselves comfortable. And make yourselves as comfortable as possible. Because... Because... What, Mr. Temple? Because... I'm afraid you're all going to get rather a surprise, Superintendent. Well, I think we all appear to be a little more comfortable now. And we, we all seem to be here. Anyway, that is, everyone I invited. Sir Felix, Mr. Story, Inspector Russ, Superintendent Bradley, Sir Graham, Steve, and myself. Oh, yes, and Mrs. Clarence. I beg your pardon, Mrs. Clarence. Oh, that's all right, Mr. Temple. Yes. Well, I expect that you're, you're all wondering why I invited you here this evening. And no doubt you all realized that I had a reason, a particular reason, for doing so. Well, last night outside the October Hotel in Dolphin Street, Sir Graham asked me a question. He asked me if I knew who the Marquis was, and I said... You said yes, Temple, and that you... And that... I would introduce you to the Marquis tonight. Do you mean that the Marquis is actually coming here tonight? The Marquis is already here, Sir Felix. You don't mean that he's here in this room, that he's actually... one of us? 
That's precisely what I do mean, Bradley. Look here, Temple. I think you owe us an explanation. Of course, of course I owe you an explanation, Sir Graham. And I intend to give you one. But let me begin at the beginning. Now, let me, in fact, start with suspect number one. Suspect number one? Yes, Sir Felix Raybon. Really, Mr. Temple, I now, did Felix, think please, that I... Please, please. 48 hours before Lady Alice Mapleton was murdered, she paid Sir Felix a visit. 24 hours before the police discovered the body of Carlton Rogers, he had dined with Sir Felix at his house in St. John's Wood. And the last person to see Myron Harwood alive was Sir Felix Raybon. Now, those are facts. Definite, undisputed facts. I agree, Mr. Temple, but as I have already pointed out to you, if I were the Marquis, would it no, be it likely... No, it isn't likely that you'd draw attention to yourself, uh, at least not in such a highly incriminating manner. No, I agree, Sir Felix. Therefore, the possibility arose, and a very strong possibility, that someone, the Marquis himself, in fact, was trying to... Throw suspicion on the Raybon. Exactly. Well, now, how did we first of all hear about Sir Felix? Hmm? How? Well, personally, I heard... Oh, I told you about him. It was after the car smashed temple. Yes, that's quite right. Paul. Yes. Yes, that's right. Yes, you told us about him, story. And that brings us to Roddy Carson and suspect number two, Inspector Ross. When the body of Roddy Carson was discovered at Forrad Glen, he had, amongst other things, an envelope in his pocket. And scribbled on the back of the envelope was Sir Felix Raybon. 492 Montpasson Avenue, St. John's Wood. Now, the first thing that struck me about this was the word Montpasson. It was spelled correctly. I knew instinctively, therefore, that Roddy Carson hadn't written those words on the back of the envelope. He couldn't even spell his own name, let alone the word Montpasson. Now, why were those words written on the back of an envelope? And why was the envelope placed on the body of Roddy Carson? Uh, presumably to continue to throw suspicion onto yes. Felix. But that wasn't exactly the only reason, Bradley. I discovered that the handwriting on the envelope was the handwriting of Inspector Ross. Inspector Ross? Yes, Inspector Ross. Now, what did that mean? Well, it could only mean one of three things. Either Ross was the Marquis, or he was a confederate of the Marquis, or... Or, or he was a victim. Exactly. In other words, Ross was being blackmailed. Yes. How did you find out, Mr. Temple? I'll tell you how I found out, Ross. I made Sir Felix pretend that he was dead. The whole country thought he was dead, including the Marquis. Now, if Sir Felix was dead, this meant that the Marquis had to shift suspicion onto someone else. And the obvious choice was Ross. Yes, always providing, of course, that Ross wasn't the Marquis. Well, you know what happened. Suspicion shifted onto Ross almost immediately. Yes, uh, of course, yes. The day we all thought Sir Felix had been killed, I received a note. Instructing you to write a letter to the Honourable Charles Sefflin demanding £7,000 in the name of the Marquis. Yes, that's quite right. Good heavens, Ross, what was he blackmailing you about? Bigamy. Oh. You see, Ross was under the impression that he had committed bigamy. But fortunately for Ross, his first wife, Lydia Staines, died in New York exactly... But tell me, if Ross isn't the Marquis, then who is? Can't you guess, Dory? Oh, I'm damned if I can. Look here, Temple. If you don't know who the Marquis is, for heaven's sake, say so. But I... I do know who the Marquis is, Bradley. You remember the lorry that smashed into my car? Yes. Why do you think they didn't find the lorry driver? Why, he... he disappeared. Oh, no. No, no, no. No, that's just the point, Bradley. He didn't disappear. What do you mean? Don't you know what I mean, Bradley? I mean the lorry was driven by... Roger Storey. 
What? Mr. Story. Why do you think Story turned up at the inn at Bevensey when Slater was killed? You know damn well why I turned up. To tell you about the feet. You turned up because you were already in the district and you were frightened. Frightened of being seen. What about his motor car accident with Slater? Surely the motor car accident was a fate. He knew perfectly well Slater was going to do... That's a damned lie. Then what about the cigarette, the dope cigarette? Who else could have planted that dope cigarette in that box? And you killed your own fiancée, Lady Alice Mapleton, because she found out that you were the Marquis. Stand back! If anyone moves, God help them. Put that gun down, Story. Oh, oh dear! Now put that gun, put that gun down, Story. It isn't loaded, isn't it? Well, this one is Mr. Temple. Would you like me to prove it? You see that delightful photograph on the piano? Stand back! Get over there! You too, Bradley. Now listen. If anyone moves from this room, I shall let them have it. Quickly, Sir Graham. Oh, darling, do be careful. Where does that door lead to? It's an emergency exit. It leads under the roof. Come on, Sir Graham, come on. Oh. Now, Ross, Ross, Bradley, get downstairs. Watch the main entrance. Yes, all right, right on, Ross. You get down. The skylight's been open for years. Yeah. Oh, that's got it. He can't have come this way. I'm not so sure. I... Difficult to see. What's that place, Temple? Over there on the right. Where? There. Oh, that, that, that's a restaurant. They've got a glass roof there. It's covered with a blackout sheet. I thought it looked peculiar. Just a minute. What is it? There he is. Where? He's on the parapet. Stay where you are. You hear me, Temple? Stay where you are. He's trying to get on the other building. If he jumps... If he jumps, he'll... Story! Story! It's a glass roof. Don't jump! Stay where you are. Stay where you are, Temple. Story! Story! For heaven's sake! My God, he's done it! Hey, Sir this is a frightful photograph of Sir Graham in the Morning Express. <laughs> he looks like Frankenstein's grandfather. Paul, darling, <laughs> will you answer my question? Which question? You know, you've been popping questions at me all night. I, I never had a wink of sleep. Well, why did you tell Story to follow Ross? Why did I tell Story to follow Ross? For obvious reasons, my sweet. I wanted Story to believe that I was under the impression that Ross was the Marquis. Yes, but... Why did Story always push himself to the fore? I mean, at the beginning, he made a lot of inquiries about the Marquis. He was always here or with Sir Graham. Story created a part for himself, and he played it very well. He was almost the amateur detective. And who suspects the amateur detective? Who, Steve? Why, no one. Except, of course, the, the amateur detective. <laughs> you sound very chirpy this morning. <laughs> I feel very chirpy this morning, darling. Paul... How did you find out that Lydia Staines was dead? Ah, uh ah. -uh. Maisie found that out for me. Mm, you know, you can't beat Maisie when it comes to research. Hmm. Yes. Here's your coffee. Thank you, darling. I say, you know, there's a great pity about that photograph. The, uh, the one of your mother. Yes, the bullets completely ruined it. Oh. Yeah, yeah, do you know, I was actually fond of it. You please. <laughs> 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 I say, this coffee is very good. Mm -hmm. Paul? Yes? There's something I want to ask you. 
was Maisie Delaware a very old friend? Oh, darling. Well, I just wanted to know. <laughs> no, my dear Steve. Maisie was not a very... Oh, hello, Price. What is it? Oh, this letter has just arrived, sir. It was brought by a special messenger. Oh, thank you. What, what is it, Paul? I tell why, that's the limit. It's an invitation to a wedding. And she wants me to be the best man. Who wants you to be the best man? Why, Maisie. Maisie? Yes, dear. Maisie's getting married. On Tuesday, December the 29th, at St. George's, Hanover Square. But, but who to? Can't you guess? The remotest idea. To Sir Felix Rayborn. What? Do you know, there must be something in this Egyptology after all. That's the last episode of the new Paul Temple serial, Paul Temple Intervenes. And here is Paul Temple. Hello, listeners. Well, you can all sleep safely in your beds. Uh, Roger's story, alias the Marquis, is now safely out of the way. But I, I'm sorry if some of you thought the Marquis was Superintendent Bradley. Well, I was convinced it was Ross. You were? Dear, <laughs> I, I thought that announcers never made a mistake. <laughs> well, once again, many, many thanks for listening. And for the present... At any rate, cheerio. Good night, Jane. Good night, Mr. Temple. And uh, keep out of mischief. Well, <laughs> you know, that's always rather difficult with a wife like Steve. <laughs> well, I'll be, I'll be seeing you. That was Paul Temple. In other words, Carl Bernard. The part of Steve, his wife, was played by Bernadette Hodgson. Sir Graham Forbes by Lester Muddit. Roger Story, alias the Marquis, by Sidney Taffler. Inspector Ross by Edgar Norfolk, Superintendent Bradley by Godfrey Baisley, Sir Felix Rayborn by Ronald Simpson, Mrs. Clarence by Mabel France, Price by David Compton, Hart by Hal Bryant, and Banks by Philip Garston Jones. The Paul Temple plays are written by Francis Durbridge and produced by Martin C. Webster.